Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Airport Wild Podcast. Uh, I have to apologize for the somewhat poor audio at the moment. Um, I snapped the cord on my normal microphone, so I need to replace that, and that'll be done before the next episode is uh, well released, a little recorded. Um, yeah, so I want to get into a little bit about today's episode. Uh, today we're going to be going over PCP air rifles. You probably already read that, um, or probably inferred that from the title. Uh, maybe you've read the show notes already. Uh, but yeah, PCP air rifles. Um, we're going to be going into what PCP stands for, uh, as, as far as this this type of air rifle goes. Uh, and we're going to be joined by Jim Walton. He's an all-around air rifle guru. Um, uh, I've shot a lot with, with Jim. He's a fantastic shot, knows a ton about the subject, and we're really looking forward to, to letting you guys hear what he has to say. Um, hopefully, uh, everybody can get some some great information out of this uh, out of this session. Uh, I'm also joined by Cody Bashuska of Lumakers Wildlife Management. Um, also, used PCP rifles a lot in his day-to-days uh, and is also a fantastic source. Um I'm going to apologize for a little bit in the forefront as well for the audio in this. Uh, we had some technical difficulties that we really couldn't circumnavigate, uh, but we're going, to, we're going to go through it, um, get through with us, bear with us, because uh, there's some really cool information in here, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's Airport Wild. We're more a bunch of geeks with guns and so forth. We call it smack. Yeah, so Jim, welcome to the Airport Wild podcast. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to have you on here. Uh, so give a little introduction for yourself. I mean, well, I mean, your name's Jim Walton, but um, <laughs> maybe give a little background about yourself and and maybe sure. how you got into this kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. Well, as you just said, my name is Jim Walton. Um, the, uh, let me see here, a little bit about myself. Um, I've been doing wildlife, pretty much pest management for over 10 years now. Um, started right here in Arizona. Um, huge lover of animals, just really irritated with what man has done to make us have to do what we have to do to a point, you know, so I got into it to figuring that, you know, we're more a bunch of geeks with guns and so forth. So I figured I'd rather use the geek portion more than the gun portion, but it seems it's more 50, 50 sometimes. But, um, I got into it as a, a really funny thing really quickly. I got into it on a necessity because, I had two working dogs um, that do protection work, and they both had, well, the big one had cancer. And in order for me to get into that, I had to find a resource for uh, a food source. And it ended up being these Eurasian collar doves is what we ended up feeding the, the, the our dogs in order for them to, to to basically survive. So that's how I really got into this this uh, this whole field. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty unique way to, to get into it. Um, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, it's definitely a good way. I mean, definitely having that food source and uh, yeah, just being able to give them the the raw meat. Um, so well, I mean, Jim, you and I have known each other for a few years now. I know you're a hell of a shot, um, especially yes, with the PCP. Sir. Uh, yes, sir. Appreciate it. So I kind of figure you're the one that go to this. So 
this is kind of for the folks that maybe want to use an air rifle, maybe like in an airport scenario, or just want to get into them, period. Um, so can you maybe kind of give a breakdown? Like, what actually is a, a PCP air rifle? Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, okay. So a PCP, it's it's an acronym for pre-charged pneumatic. So it's basically a compressed air in a cylinder or in a probably a bottle or thing of that sort on, on these type of rifles. They're pellet rifles. Uh, some people th- keep thinking they're BB guns, but they're actually pellet rifles coming in 177 caliber all the way up to, I've seen as big as 50 caliber. Um, so they're, they come in all sorts and sizes. Um, the, the neat thing about them is that the, the being a pre-charged pneumatic gun is it gives you a little bit more opportunities than sometimes using firearms, depending on what you're trying to get across and what your, your, you know, what your intended target is in course of the location. And, um, and so, you know, so a pre-charged pneumatic rifle is what it is. Okay, and then you, you kind of already went into a little bit. Um, so definitely having a, a, a PCP has definitely got some, um, or just an air rifle in general, I suppose, does have some advantages to, I guess, a conventional firearm, you know, rifle, shotguns. Because um, I'm just thinking, like, well, for one, they're quieter, generally. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, and with that, I mean, if you do miss, I mean, these are, I mean, they are precision tools. I mean, you can... Yeah, I mean, you can really thread the needle with these things. It's unreal what they're capable of. Um, but definitely need off those like multiple shots. Uh, but with with that too, um, and now that there are other kinds of air rifles, right? I mean, you got like spring powered, for instance. Um, uh, by any chance, you have like um, any uh, benefits to maybe why you should go with a PCP versus. Uh, a spring power or maybe a spring power like what is what are the pros and cons of each okay so it, it, it if you're if you're you know we both work in that wildlife industry so, so in as far as i can see pcp has a lot better advantages than um you know the spring low um spring and so forth powered um air rifles um one is the when it boils down at the end of the day is an ethical shot you know so i want to make sure i have enough kinetic energy being produced and that pcps are you that's at the top end of it where the spring powered and things of that sort are not as powerful don't get me wrong they will definitely take game but they're not you know they they're accurate but not as accurate and they don't have the distance so they both have a great place um to a point but i'm i'm not a huge component of the spring um break barrel type rifles for this environment um depending on how far you you're planning to shoot you know so the pcps have a better um accuracy at longer distance and that kinetic energy which is what we want for that lethality at the end of the day so um that's I'm right there with you, but I think we might, uh, hopefully you're still there. I'm sorry. Did you lose me? Yeah. You, you kind of stopped for a second, but we got you back. Um, so yeah, I'm right okay. there with you. I mean, you definitely get a lot more, you definitely get a lot more power out of a, out of a, a PCP than you can out of a spring. And, um, cause I think a lot of the, the spring powered, uh, tends to be more of an across the pond kind of setup. Like, uh, I know with some of their regulations in the UK, they're more, 
popular, but I think it's there's a power factor they have to uh, stay within. Yes. Yeah, there's, uh, like, in the UK, you have an FAC license, which is actually a firearms license that you need to have in order to shoot a PCP rifle. Um, Whereas, and that is anything over 12 foot pounds of energy, you'd have to have one of those licenses. And from talking with quite a few people over the pond and so forth, um, it's very hard to get and it's real easy to lose. Let's put it that way. So a lot of people don't have them, but some people do have them. But more people there have, you know, some yep. really, really good break barrels. Oh, oh. Yeah. Right. That definitely seems like that's where the all the technology is coming out of as far as the, the break barrel, the, the spring piss and that kind of stuff. But, um, like, I know, well, I'm kind of thinking one major drawback that I can think of for, to a, a spring-powered versus going with a PCP is um, it seems like spring powers, they're just, they're just scope wreckers. Uh, they get that yeah. that double recoil going, and exactly that, and that, and that's what a lot of people, you know, you have to use an artillery hold. Um, it's a military type hold. Um, when you're using a brake barrel type spring um, action type uh, air rifle, uh, pellet rifle, because of that jarring, you know, forward and back from the spring, you know, because it's it's pushing forward and the recoil is pushing back, so. It does. It wrecks a lot of scopes. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I tell people, if you want a good scope, try it out. Try it out first on a Springer before you put it on your PCP. Because <laughs> if it gets, I mean, a lot of scopes get wrecked. I mean, some really good names, too. I, I'm quite shocked that uh, an air rifle can have that kind of recoil compared to a firearm. So, yeah. Right. But then, you, I mean, you described it, too, is you got that you got not only the recoil, the 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 conventional recoil coming back in your shoulder, but with that spring lurching forward, you got recoil going that way. So that effectively yeah. that scorns get that, that scope's getting torn in two different directions. It's getting, and it's just, it's just wrecking the, the erector sets in them. Exactly. The, that little ocular spring gets tore up. Um, it usually gets misaligned or something to that effect, you know? So um, it's, it's almost, you know, some guys have said, I, I don't, you know, don't take my word for it, but you know, I've I've heard people say it's equivalent to shooting almost a 50 BMG when it comes to that kind of recoil, not the actual physical recoil, but the jarring of it to the scopes, you know. So, right, which is insane for something that most folks think of like the uh, uh, what's that movie, A Christmas Story? Like you're gonna shoot your eye out, kid. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. But yeah. they actually, yeah, they, so they do have some uh, uh, intricities to them. Um, sure. So I mean, that's this with with the spring powers from drawbacks. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, is there any drawbacks that you noticed to like, to PCPs, um, that like maybe some, maybe some things about them that, that you've, you'd like to see changed? Well, here's the neat thing about it, Jesse, is that honestly, PCPs, let me put it this way. Air guns, air guns in general, pellet rifles are the fastest guns right now in the United States. It's been like the last three years. They have been just whopping over everything you know a lot of guys have been changing out from going from firearms to using these things because there's more accessibility price you know price is the biggest thing as far as cost of ammo and so forth but as far as the negativity portion um there's not really much for negativity it's more of the human usage is where i get a little bit more negative is where people choose calibers where you know, it's not really necessary to use that kind of caliber on a certain animal and so forth, or you might need a bigger step up to the next caliber. That's, 
that's the only thing I can really see. But as far as PCPs, they're constantly, the technology has changed. I mean, I have a, uh, a day state that's seven, what, eight years old. And to look at that right now, I'm sitting there going, it's a dinosaur because the technology <laughs> has changed so much. I mean, my, my rapid air weapons, uh, compared to that, you know, that's only two years old and looking at my, like my day state. And I said, they're two different animals. You know, I mean, the precision shooting back then was amazing, but now it's just, it's leaps and bounds, you know? So I can't really say there's any negative negativity to the actual, um, PCPs, as far as that goes, I think the technology is getting better and better. You know, they're getting to a point where they're going to be probably, you know, we start putting inert gases and so forth into them or whatever. So you get even more power out of your shots, you know. So I can't see any negativities at this point. So. No, I mean, that's, I mean, no negativities. It's, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, I don't, I don't, I've had a blast running them. And, um, but like you were saying, it's, it's more, uh, you you brought up that it's more the human aspect to them that's the really the, um which isn't anything against the PCPs themselves. Uh, but I mean I'm right there with you. I mean it's it's no different than guys. Um, I mean w- w- with firearms, uh, you'll get some guys that that think uh in order to do anything to be able to harvest any kind of game, you gotta th- shoot a 300 Win Mag when a 243 Winchester will do the exact same job. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I mean that's. I could definitely see that, and then, then with air rifles, I mean the 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 popular knowledge doesn't seem to be there. It seems to be like this: the air gun world is this smaller kind of niche market, and the guys that are in it know it. But the guys that are getting into it, like myself, a couple of years ago, it's it's a whole new mentality. It's it's a little bit it's it's similar to firearms, but it's it's its own animal. Yeah, well, as you know, when you came out. Me and so forth that you, you know you, you can tell that you're not shooting at you know 2300 feet per second so it's not a real straight shot it's more of an arced shot you know so your skill set you know I've, I've had guys from you know uh police units and so forth come and train with me and you know they're they, they got a big chip on chip on their shoulders and they take the first shot and then the fourth shot and they were saying why am i not hitting it and you know it's like because it's a different way of thinking yeah they they still shoot but the sad part about it is that, um, you, like I said, you're shooting at an arc. So you really need to learn your ballistics. You need to learn, you know, what's behind your shot, just like anything else, you know, when you're shooting anything. But um, it's a huge difference in thinking. And it actually is one of the best ways to learn how to shoot a firearm and understanding the ballistics and so forth. Because you have to really know that because of the lack of power, you see. Oh, for sure. I'm right. I mean, I'm right there with you. Is I've. I think I've became a better with firearms. I've became better at longer distances just through, uh, well, one going and shooting with you, and then just in my own time, uh, uh, shooting lesser powered, comparatively, uh, air rifles. And I mean, a hundred yards with a with one of these PCP. Well, maybe not with one of your uh, really nice ones, but look with, uh, with a PCP is like shooting four or five, six hundred yards with a with a conventional firearm i mean it's um i can definitely see that because you, you have to uh go for that lob i mean if you even if you're sight i mean i shoot a uh, benjamin marauder uh i mean i'm zeroed at 25 for the kind of work that i'm doing i i i tend to be prepared more for those close in shots yeah but it's such a lob that even at 10 yards i'm holding i mean mills under 
at yeah. five, five to 10, 15, even 15 yards, I'm still holding under to get that kind of pre- level precision. And then after, of course, after you zero, you start going the other way. And then of course, then it's your, as the farther out you go, the more um, sharp your, your art gets. So it's yeah. definitely cool trying to verify that. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, the one thing that I've always found fascinating is, and here, and here's, here's what a lot of the technologies come Jesse is that honestly, like I was saying, I had that old day state air ranger and, and now I have a raw. So back then, I was I used a 22. I mean, I'm seeing a 25 caliber Air Ranger putting out 50 foot pounds of killing energy. Okay, now my my 22 that I have right now has. A, I think we cut out again time. with it. Oh, there we go. Maybe not. I don't know if you can still hear me, Jim. Yeah, I still. There it goes. Hey, I um, can you repeat that? You kind of you froze on this oh. and I lost you. All right, sorry about that. So <laughs> what I was saying was, um, uh, on my twenty-five caliber PCP, um, it takes it's a 50, 52 foot pound um rifle shooting a, a twenty-five grain pellet. Now my new raw rapid air weapons in twenty-two ha- has the same weight in grains as, as the 25 and puts out more energy. So it's amazing how the technology has gone from, you know, seven years ago to where it is now where you don't need a 25 caliber to do, use, you know, to use in order to take down the same animal that you can actually use in a 22. You see what I'm saying? Um, and that's, and that's, that goes across the whole board as far as the different calibers. They're just getting better and better and better as far as that goes. Now, my only concern that I've always worried about is, um, you know, some states are allowing, they're going by caliber, but not but by energy. And, and when they're allowing uh, game and fish to allow to, for hunting. So here in Arizona, you can shoot a peccary um, or javelina, same animal, um, with a, it has to be a three, uh, 35 caliber. The sad part is there's idiots out there going with a 35 caliber air rifle, but it's not putting out enough energy to kill it ethically. You know what I'm saying? Where they should go by energy, not by caliber, you know? Right. And maybe that's something we can, we can pick up from our, uh, brethren across the pond and, and kind of, cause they do the, the energy laws and, um, exactly. maybe that's, Yes, I mean that that that's a very good point. I know I haven't thought about that. Um, with that, that would be a, a good way to do it. And it's just something else that you got to think about. Um, because I mean, when in in the conventional firearm sense, everybody thinks of like, oh, this caliber is more powerful than that caliber. And, um, and then as far as like bullet weights, like a like a like a seven millimeter 08 Remington. You can shoot a 140 grain versus a 150 grain or even a 120 grain bullet. And then how that's going to impact for whatever you're, you're using it for. And, um, yeah. So it's, it was even more intricate with, with uh, air rifles as you get those different power levels, um, even across two similar, what you think might be similar guns um, yes, might, sir. yeah, downrange be performed totally different. Yes, um, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's definitely... That's definitely something else you got to think about. And then, like you were just saying, is uh, you were shooting a twenty-five, and now you went to a twenty-two with the same energies. Yes, sir. But to get that same energy, because you're losing, I mean, I know you said about the same weight, but you're going to have to lose some mass, so you're going to increase your velocities. But correct when you 
increase your velocities, you're all, you're gonna flatten out that trajectory. You're gonna lose some of that hump in your in your ballistics. I mean, exactly. so you're gonna flatter, and you're gonna make it's gonna make those longer shots, uh, well, easier, more manageable. Yes, um, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking back to to shooting with you. Was it last? No, a year before last. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, I was watching, uh, and and uh, I watched you take the shot on three collar dubs on a fence line, and were what ninety two yards, um, and three shots, ping, 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 and it was done deal. I mean, there was no guesswork, there was nothing like that. You just put it on, let her go. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah, I mean that's versus again, like uh, my Marauder. I mean, I'm shooting at a thirty degree angle, to reach that far. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a. Uh, it was definitely an eye opener seeing just what uh, these PCPs are are, are are capable of. Um, so now we kind of talk about what they what these um, firearms. Well, actually, I want to take a step back for a second. Um, you mentioned uh, the power levels in the hunting. Um, I mean, well, like you said, I mean, there's guys making fifty caliber uh, air rifles. I mean, I think I've seen photos of guys uh, hunting planes game in Africa. With some yes, of these sir. 45 and, and 50 caliber uh, yes. air rifles, I mean it's, I mean if it, as long as you're as I'll cut out I'll cut out that dead spot. As long as you're uh, mindful of what you're doing and what you want it to do and tailor your your setup correctly, I mean there's almost nothing you can't you can't take with with one of these. Maybe maybe not one of the big five, but um, uh, certainly almost anything in North America, uh, it's, it's pretty unreal. Um, but yeah, so, uh, now we've kind of known like what these things are capable of, um, for anybody that's interested in, in trying one of these or picking one up or, um, maybe let's talk about like what, so, what you need, like what, if, if I came in the game, I know nothing about PCPs. I want to start shooting a PCP air rifle. What do I got to start? What do I got? What do I got to get first? What should I learn first? What should I buy first? All right. So there's two sides of the coin on that. So if you're, if you're looking to get into PCPs, just a plank, um, you know, or do a little bit, you know, a little bit of this and that with it, that's one thing. But if you're doing it like on the level that we're doing it, um, to do it as a pest management type aspect, that's a little bit, that's a whole different thing, actually. It's a little bit more costly, but there's a reason behind it because, once again, it's about that whole ethical shooting thing. So um, you can walk in to a PCP for, you know, three to four hundred dollars. Um, and that's with a PCP that actually um, is a bottled rifle, meaning that it has a bottle instead of a tube which is what holds the air in it and so forth. Um, and those, those are fine, depending on what you're doing. I mean, I have friends in California that do nothing but ground squirrels. So he doesn't need a raw. He doesn't need a FX or any of these big name day states and so forth, or um, um, Air Force or any of these big name guns to do his that kind of work. So I think a lot of it has to do is you really need to sit down and figure out what your game is that you're planning to shoot. Um, and roughly, will one rifle do it or will several rifles you need for different things? You know, like I have one gun that's set up strictly for birds. I have 
a 357 that is set up strictly for predators. So, you know, it all depends on where you're planning to shoot and so forth. And of course the distance. So the tools you'll really need can be, um, of course, an air rifle, which you can, there's several types. You can get a, um, a bullpup, which are a lot shorter. Um, carbine would be your next size as far as that goes. And then a full-size rifle, which I like myself. Um, and you can get those either tubed or you can get them with a bottle, a carbon fiber bottle or an aluminum bottle that usually holds anywhere from 480 cc's all the way up to right now, I think 560 cc's worth of air. Okay, so that's about, and uh, most of those are holding about 2,900 pounds worth of air roughly in that range. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. So yeah, that's a lot of pressure behind it. Yeah. And speaking on that pressure part, in order to get these things filled, you can do two different things. You can get a hand pump. Um, it's not your typical pump. Like, you know, it looks like, it looks like a bicycle pump, but it's not, it's a high pressure um, pump, um, which pumps in thousands of pounds, not hundreds. And you can do that. And that, those are fine for a gun that has um, a tube. Because most of those tube guns are like 180 cc's, maybe 200 cc's, so it's not so bad on pumping. But you're still you're gonna get a workout. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you're, you're still you probably still have to put 50 to 100 you know strike strokes on that pump in order to fill it up to 200 bar or something in that set. That's that that point. Um, if it's a bottle gun, there's no way you wouldn't want to do it. Forget you won't have enough time in a day trying to pump it up. So that's where. <laughs> you'd want to get into a um, designated error system like a um, a scuba tank. It could be anywhere from the aluminum tanks all the way to the carbon fiber tanks, which is what is the most popular because it, it holds a lot more air. And since these guns are getting higher and higher pressure holding um, at the top end, so 4,500 PSI tanks is what most people would run. But it starts to get expensive because, you know, you're looking at, you know, you so you buy a gun like you have a Marauder. So you can get a Marauder, say, $500 range and so forth. Then you've got to buy a tank um, or, like I said, or you could buy a pump, um, call a stirrup pump, actually. Um, those are about, you know, anywhere from $190 to about $400, depending on the brand. Um, so you can choose either which one or a, if you spend the money, you just go get a carbon fiber tank um those once again are brand new or about mid six hundred dollars um and so forth so the neat thing about the pump is you don't need to fill it up you the the stirrup pump produces its own you know pressure to pump up something where as the designated carbon fiber tank and or steel tank aluminum tank um those scuba tanks those you either have to have your own dedicated compressor or you need to go to a scuba shop and get it filled up. So it could be time consuming and, and, and so forth, but it depends on your budget. So those are the main things you need right off the bat in order to get shooting to a point. Right. Of course, um, so, mm-hmm, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, uh, one thing I was going to add on to that too is, uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a PCP with with iron sights. So I mean, might somebody might want to pick up an optic, uh, like a scope or something like that, um, as well. Exactly. Uh, and that and the optics are all. It depends once again on, um, you know, there's so many optics out there, 
and, and you know, and they come from good to bad to best. Um, you know, I see guys are running night force <laughs> scopes on air <laughs> rifles, and I always think that's kind of funny to spend almost, you know, fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars on it on a scope on your on air rifle. But these guys take it that seriously. And then you got see people that like use center point, you know, from you know, Crossman or whoever puts it out. And uh, so it, it, there's variables there. So depending on how far you're shooting or how close you're shooting. Some people use red dots, you know, and so forth, um, you know, uh, holographics type scopes and so forth. And then there's other people like me who use, you know, like a six by 24 by 50 because I shoot past 100 to, you know, the, my longest shot the other day was 295 yards out of pigeon and two shots had it down. So, you know, it's 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 capable of doing that kind of stuff. And it's, so the optics is an, is the next major buy you would get after you get your your um your rifle and there's a lot of rule of thumb there some by some people use it some people don't um i'm a strong believer is what best fits your your budget but some people have you know whatever you spent on your rifle you should probably spend close to half 50 percent of that or close to or that on your on your optics but it all depends on what you're planning to shoot you know so um what distances you're planning to shoot and what animals you're planning to shoot because that makes a huge difference so so your optics is is your next biggest buy outside of all that and then the pellets are the cheapest that's a, out of all out of all this out all of this the pellets are the cheapest things i mean you you know you're going from anywhere from five cents to maybe 75 cents to on slugs or something like that and that's a whole another game we could talk about too is pellets convert com, um pellets come compared to using slugs and that's a whole different way of thinking but it's more like shooting a firearm um when you're using slugs because the ballistics are so much more um defined and, and a lot it's i mean it, it cuts through the winds i mean it cuts through the air so much better so yeah right so when you say slugs are you is that a purpose-built projectile for an air rifle or can somebody just go out like buy like through a reloading store and just buy a box of x bullet for that's normally designated for a firearm i mean just just want to make sure like somebody doesn't yeah i've i've you know i've heard of people trying that and it never never produced great results by going and buying just the you know the bullet um in general from for a firearm for people that do reloading it's um it just never it never shot correctly from what i've understand from anybody that's actually shot them so so these are designated designed for air rifles you know the twist is everything with this so it uh, you know um you know i think my twist is like a 12 no is it 12.7 or something like that or 11.7 twist so it all depends on it depends on a rifle because some of these rifles today with the technology um can't run slugs and some can like my rifles built for pellets and slugs so i have that nice choice which is really great um and then my other pellet rifles will not take um slugs it will only take pellets you know um because of the twist rate or being a choked barrel you know that kind of thing so it, it makes a huge difference there um so if i'm shooting anything past 100 yards it tends to probably have a slug in it most likely because uh, a pellet is more it's very similar to a shuttlecock from you when you use when you play badminton it's you know you can hit that thing as hard as you want and it goes somewhat fast for a few seconds and it slows down even faster. And that's exactly the same way of thinking when it comes to the uh, 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 pellet. It's, it's shaped the same way. Whereas the ballistics on a bullet is so more coefficient 
that it just keep it sometimes it picks up even more energy down down the road than I mean down range than what you would think. So you know it works real well. Right. I mean, what's that considered in the firearms where you're you're a ballistic coefficient? Yeah, you're um it's just gonna cut through the wind a lot better and you're gonna retain that velocity and all well, that energy uh downrange. I know that's a big thing, um, especially with today with everybody wanting to shoot a thousand yards to a mile with, with firearms and you hear that that B C thrown around a lot and it's yeah. it's pretty cool. That's that's it's a it it um well probably this it comes into more of effect in an air rifle than it ever will on a firearm. <laughs> um Yes sir. So so with these slugs, uh, like what kind of weights do you shoot? Like, like I mean, I'm assuming they're measured in grains. But. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll I'll give you examples. So I have two raws, um, a which is a HM 1000X in 22 caliber, and then the same thing, but is in three three five seven. So the 22 shoots because of the energy it puts out it, it can it, an average a normal 22 rifle would shoot probably like an 18 grain pellet mine shoots anywhere from a 27 to a 32 grain pellet okay or slug i'm sorry um or or, or either don't get me wrong it shoots um when i'm shooting pellets it, um i shoot normally a 25 grain pellet but when I'm shooting slugs, I usually shoot a 27 grain to about 32 grain slug, depending on what I'm shooting at. But um, they do come in grains, and you. The nice thing about the slugs is they have you. You get more weight out of the slugs because there's only so many manufacturers that make pellets, but they don't have a huge variety in the same caliber in in grains. Where in the slug world. A lot of these guys that are making like Nielsen specialty ammo, um, they actually are, are your know, rat sniper. Those guys actually will make, you know, a 22 caliber, but it might have four to five different grain settings. So it gives you a lot more options for what you plan to use it for, you know, downrange. Um, the 357. Um, it, it, it can it used to be able to shoot a 81 grain pellet but now it can't because it's now putting out 222 foot pounds of killing energy so it shoots 142 grain slug at 960 like 960 feet per second you know so it's brutal it's 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 such a brutal um sh shot when it actually when it hits that animal you 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 are you're totally surprised at what it, what it can do. So yeah, so and and it, like I said, it goes all the way up to some 50 caliber um, air rifles. So they come in, you know. There's, you know, I've seen was it four to six hundred grain um, slugs. You know, so those are huge. Those are something yeah, you know, guys a, are using bison. You know, so. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm hearing these numbers, and I'm just kind of attributing, like you were saying, the like the one that's doing 960. I mean, you're talking like nine mil handgun, 38 special kind of of power exactly uh, exactly well yeah, it's, I mean, it's so funny because you you um if you were to take the ballistics are from maybe what is it five feet away uh my 357 is equal to a 45 caliber at the same distance you know what i'm saying Hand yeah gun. that's so it's it's brutal brutal right and but being in a rifle i mean it's gonna be a whole lot more accurate than that 45 will be too <laughs> oh exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Although there's somewhere there's a 1911 owner just shaking. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's that's pretty wicked. I mean, it's just the more I mean, talking to you and reading online, and it's just uh, it's just unreal what these, uh, for one, just what they're capable of, and then two, just how versatile they are. Um, yes. So like. So let's go and kind of go back to air rifles, you know, kind of in what we do for a living with wildlife control. Um, I know, like, some of the things I love about them, uh, for one, they're quiet. Uh, yes. I mean, I mean, yours, you're, you're putting out a little bit more speed. Uh, you're cutting that air. You're kind of hitting that, um, approaching that that sonic boom um, speed, that, that sound barrier a little bit more than I am. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you can – as long as you're concealed, uh, and you, you, I mean, you can take multiple shots in some instances. Yeah. Uh, if, so, yeah. I'm sorry, Jesse. Go no, ahead. I was just, I was just gonna say it's it's um like if if you like say you're trying to shoot like um uh, collared doves like you got a collared dove on a wire or something around a on a farm and uh you shoot and you you shot for for some reason you didn't adjust and you shot for 20 yards when you should have shot for 30. Um, so you shot under him, he's not going to hear it. I mean, he might look around a little bit like, Hey, kind of what was that? If he hears that pellet go by, but he's going to give you a chance to readjust and. Um, uh, so just having that, I mean, it's not like with a, well, even with a, like a 22 rim fire, like an actual yeah. firearm, you're not going to get that second shot. Um, no, he's hit that crack. He's gone. Exactly, exactly. That so the neat part here. Here's the reason why I use air rifles in this in in this environment. So working in wildlife and pest management aspect of it, the just like you were just saying, what it gives you is two two unique things. I find fascinating is it gives you a really quick follow up shot when you need it. But the other thing it, need, it gives you is it multiple shots because these animals, like if you take a 30 out six out and you shoot, go to shoot coyote 22, 250 or anything like that, everybody in miles hears it. You know, where in the air rifle, if you're 50 yards away, you can't, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear anything. All you're going to hear oh. is a whiz go by you at the pellet, you know? So it gives you that, it gives you, it gives you that, that, follow-up shot if you need it and two if you're going after multiple animals it gives you another chance to shoot the animal behind it or whatever you're going after because they're not they don't know that sound that sound is so alien to them that they have no clue if anything especially when i'm shooting coyotes they find it fascinating to hear that sound and i've had four coyotes come on on one set shot the first female and two males came in and they were like, what the heck? And it, you could see them turn their heads like you know, like a dog does. And all I said was, turn it one more time and crack them. You know what I'm saying? So it gives you it gives you the opportunity to to get more at the same time. And since you know, I come from the harvesting aspect of this business, which is a whole different way of thinking. Um, it's based on speed and how much you can get um, when you're shooting animals in order to get paid. So you know, that's where these air rifles have really taken over in, in my world. Um, a lot is because of that. And the other, the other thing too, is like you said, they're quiet. They're ridiculously quiet. I mean, um, my 22 shoots under 79 
79 decibels. So the average human speaks at 80 decibels, you know, so that's quiet. That's ridiculously quiet, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, when, I, when I put a slug in it, it drops down to like 72 because it just takes up so much of that more area in the barrel, you know, so it's a lot quieter. So it gives you a lot more opportunity um, with the quietness and the follow up. And like I said before, that sound they're not used to because it's not a crack like a firearm. It's more of a push sound, you know, so it's totally it's, it's, it's very foreign to most animals. Right. And then you were talking about um, human hearing, like what like we hear at Well, we talk at about 80 decibels. Um, uh, another nice thing about it, how, how quiet they, these things are is if you have people around, um, exactly. if you need to kind of. uh well, I guess pardon is bad pun, but fly under the radar um, on an airfield setting or in a like uh, in like, in a farm setting or just in a populated area where you still gotta you still have to take that shot. Yes, you sir. can shoot and nobody's gonna know. I mean, I've personally yeah. I've taken shots uh, inside hangars with a safe backdrop, um, yes, and folks knew I was in there. They knew what I was gonna do. And I've already got two pigeons on the ground lining up on a third. And somebody walk over and say, hey, when are you going to shoot? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, no, so I've already taken two shots. And they, I mean, they were, I think at this instance, well, you said about 50 yards. I think they were instance like 20, 25 yards away behind a, around a corner. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the pigeon hitting the concrete floor was louder than, than the PCP going <laughs> off yeah. the first place. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. Um, but especially being quiet like that too is, uh, you know immediately if you got a good shot or not because you can. Um, it's so the the PCP itself is so quiet, you can hear that whap when it hits whatever it hit. It might be the whap of the steel behind it, or it might be that dull thud of of a breastplate. Um, but you're yeah. gonna know just by the sound how'd you do. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Um, we call it we call it um we call it smack you know when it hits it hits smack. animals call a pellet yeah pellet smack or, or or a slug smack because and that's that's another weird thing too because it's not the sound of the rifle that scares it scares them it's literally that pellet smack um when it hits the bird because it's putting i mean it's it's hitting it with such energy that it, it literally has a smack to it and that's what 90 percent of the time scares the other birds or or whatever you're shooting it's mostly with birds um with with um if i'm shooting coyotes i don't get that it's there's so much fur so it kind of helps you know muffle that a little bit but that pellet smack can be you know if you're shooting um especially with me when i'm shooting on the farms and i shoot on these certain farms a lot the birds are trained to the pellet smack more than anything so they know as soon as they hear a bird getting smack they kind of fly out of there you know Right, but then too, that's I mean, those are pressured birds. I mean, they're getting, exactly. I mean, they're going through the ringer pretty, pretty consistently. Yes, um, yeah, versus something like you know, kind of like a virgin parcel, like you get someplace you've never been before. They're not going to know that whap, like you mentioned earlier, no. um, or like these these pigeons in these hangars or a coyote or something like that. They're not, they don't know that sound. Um, no, and it, it's definitely going to provide you with more opportunities, and it's going to just. And it's just real-time data to help you. I mean, the more you shoot, the more you get used to these things, the more you're going to learn them. Um, uh, you'll learn how to pretty much how to shoot them. Um, 
so yeah, we're we're hitting up. We're getting close to an hour now. We're at about forty five minutes. Um. Well, I'm gonna ask you to. I know you're a wizard with one of these things. I'm gonna ask you to kind of dispel some of your wisdom if you don't mind. Um, for somebody that's shooting, I mean, do you have any tricks, like anything you like to do that you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners to maybe help them become better, maybe either better shots or just better at, at harvesting um, wildlife? Well, that's a good question because, you know, um, I train guys around the country um, with PCPs out on the farms I actually shoot over. And um, the number one thing I tell the guys is start to learn to shoot with both eyes or use, you know, stop squinting with and only shooting with one eye and use, you know, I'm right eye dominated. So that is my, what I call my hunting eye. That's the eye that I use to look down the scope where my left eye, I'm sorry, that's my shooter's eye, where my left eye is my hunting eye. So that's the, that's the actual eye I use to get on we're just talking birds right now so if i see a bird that's getting ready to land i mean predominantly have switched my eye mostly to my left eye to watch it and as soon as it gets close to landing i switch it to my right eye and that's the eye that says okay we're ready and then that's when we pull the trigger so being able to have to be able to use both eyes is um I won't call it a trick, but I think that's something that most people should start trying to use if they can, because you can pick up a lot of speed with both eyes faster, I think, than you can with using only one eye or squinting, you know. Um, as far as tricks go, um, well, there's a couple of there's some really weird ones here since we live in Arizona, but I've noticed that um, leaving your rifle out when, in the heat actually builds up a little bit better pressure, and I get almost i think another 50 percent more shot count because of the temperature so you know that's one funny thing that we have here but that doesn't necessarily work for any for everybody else right um, yeah not everybody know. else is shooting at 116 degrees exactly exactly <laughs> um, but as far as shooting tri- tricks go i think um i don't i don't really call them tricks but i think there's just some really cool tools i think um i just posted one on instagram i think that everybody should really get into is um is a any type of shooting app that you can put on your phone to help you understand the ballistics of what you're shooting um well man it will put you right on exactly to a point what you're shooting at because i see a lot of guys i've take out to farms and they don't, don't know what their you know zero is they don't know how far they don't know they basically don't know anything but they're <laughs> shooting at animals and you wonder and you're sitting there going well, it's, I'm glad you're missing them, but, you know, you're going to connect sooner or later. That's just, you know, the laws of uh, the numbers there. But is it you're going to kill it or are you going to hurt it? So I think those ballistics apps are really help out. Um, there was a street lock and then there's uh, um, chair gun. Those are two top ones used for air rifles. And uh, they both are very good. They both are very um, in-depth. Um, one is more than the other, depending on how much you really want to know. But I think that's, I wouldn't call it, like I said, trick. So I think that's a good tip to be, start using that and um, really understand, understand your, what the ballistics is and what your gun is capable of doing. Because a lot of people have noticed that their gun and their scopes are way capable more than what they think. And they, 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 they dummy it down to the point where it makes them look bad when it comes to shooting, when they could look like rock stars if they just took the time and, um, 
understood the ballistics, understood, understand the rifle in general. No different than using a firearm, except I think you need to le- learn it a little bit more because of the lack of power um, than a firearm. So that's, I wouldn't say there's tricks, but I think that those two things are unique. No, I think those are right on. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with, especially with the, the having both eyes open. Um, uh, I know like growing up around, uh, well, shooting all my life, um, I was always taught mostly with, with shotguns, with archery tackle, always shoot two eyes. Um, and, but I always tended to squint cause I'm right. eye dominant as well. Um, I always tended to squint my, my left eye, but in the last, oh, I don't know, five or six years, um, in my, in my shooting and, and hunting career, um, I've definitely noticed just, just open up the eye, get used to it, practice. I mean, definitely got to practice with having both eyes open, but just getting that habit, um, like don't start right up. I mean, if you have like a high power scope, um, I mean, don't crank it right up to 12 or 16 power and then try to do it. Um, right off the bat, that's going to take a little more practice, but back it off three, four, six, whatever your lower end is and kind of train your eyes to look together one through yeah. one more magnified than the other. And then you'll, um, yes, sir. yeah, you will pick them up. I mean, like you were just saying, you, that's how you track them when they're, you got one coming in, you kind of track them with your, with your off eye. And then when he comes down, you just kind of, I mean, cause there is a mentality to it. You kind of got to train your head to do it, but you can just kind of switch, which eye is focusing more and, yeah. and, um, complete that shot. Um, correct. Uh, and especially in, uh, in, I mean, in your line of work, the way, uh, cause I mean, we are similar. We both use these for wildlife, but it's two different aspects. I'm taking shots once in a while. Um, and like nuisance control, I mean, this is this is how you make your living. I mean, you I mean, you put more pellets down a barrel in, in an hour than I do in a year. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like I told, that's people, why we talked to you because I mean, we went right. We figured, <laughs> well, let's do one on PCPs. Let's go to the source. Let's talk to somebody yeah. that knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I, you know, we, my partner and I, Holly, we will shoot. You know, we could shoot a hundred, hundred, hundred collar doves an hour. You know. Each, you know, so we're pulling the trigger pretty much, you know, um, my average, uh, not this last year, the year before I did 35,000 collared doves myself. So, you know, that's a lot of pellets. That's a lot of shooting. That's, you know, um, people do the math and go, there's no way. I'm like, well, you can come out and watch a shoot, you know, or you can watch my videos and see, I shoot, I put, I pull the trigger almost every three seconds, you know, majority of the time. So it, it's, you're, you're, you've got to get that. It's a speed thing with me. Like I said, that's how I get paid, um, when it comes to certain things. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, I was kind of going to touch on this later on, but you already brought it up. Uh, so you do do videos um you've got a, a youtube channel uh and i mean you put some of these these shoots and um i've seen some of your videos on uh little i call them tricks i guess you're really tips um but you mind telling folks what your channel is yeah so i have a youtube channel i've started i think it's i think it's my fourth year now going on fifth year um it's jim's fun bird hunting on youtube um, and it's basically just showing you some of the shots using PCP rifles um, on jobs sometimes and just in general, just um, some removals from some friends and stuff like that that have some stuff. But um, that channel, it's it's getting popular. I haven't done it. I haven't done a video in a while, but um, it's got just over 11,000 followers, which is really cool. And it's helped me, you know, train some people that 
you know, couldn't make it here and so forth. So they kind of get an idea. So, yeah, appreciate you. Let me put that out there. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm appreciative of you agreeing to come on our podcast. Um, uh, so some other things like I think it's really cool. Like, I mean, while you already mentioned Instagram, I mean, you do the, the social media as well. Um, uh, but your social media has got a different name than your, it's not the same as your YouTube channel, right? Well, yeah. So my social media, because it is social media and, you know, I've got three, three or four different social media. I got my personal page, but there's a lot of ex-military hard, heavy hitters. I, so I don't get on that as very much because people tend to get on there and bug them and so forth, you know? So I, I, that's more personal stuff. So my, my normal page is just under my Jim Walton. I do have a farm snipers page, but I don't do much there because it is social media and I do, you know, you get people that attack you over what you're doing when you post videos. So I don't do much there as far as I go. I post more stuff on Instagram, even though it's owned by, um, uh, Facebook, it's still, it's got, I think you're allowed to do a little bit more there. So, but, um, I do the Facebook thing and the Instagram thing. Cause people do call me for questions and, and, uh, you know, I'll help people bid on project shooting jobs around the country. Um, so I help them out with stuff like that and, um, any questions or anything. And sometimes I post stuff just to make you think a little bit differently when it comes to these PCPs. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, well, I mean, we're approaching an hour. I kind of want to, uh, probably ought to start wrapping this thing up just cause it's getting to be an hour. Folks are going to be sick of listening to, listen to us jabber. Um, uh, I mean, I just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I mean, do you have any like parting thoughts, parting bits of wisdom, anything you might want to, um, Oh, I know what I had for you is, I mean, you've been shooting for a while. You mean your knowledge, but what, what's something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? Uh, good question. Wow. Um, uh, that I did well. One of the things I, I noticed that I know now, and I think it's and te- technology has a lot to do with it also, but not necessarily to a point. Is is um, it, it's all about like I said, it's about the calibers and so forth. Um, I I was a guy that thought you know typical American, bigger, better, <laughs> harder, you know, and I've learned the total opposite that. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I shoot a lot of iguanas in Puerto Rico and I went to Puerto Rico with a 357 and a 25 caliber thinking that was the right size. And here's my guide that was helping me learn about these animals. And he's using a 177. I'm like, what? So <laughs> it's a different way of thinking, um, is to just, sometimes it's not about brute power. You know, air rifles is about pr- finesse and fine tuning. So I think that's the biggest thing with that is sometimes you don't need, that big sledgehammer, you just need that, that ball peen hammer, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's more about that finesse and putting it in the right spot rather than just hitting any old spot. Exactly. Yeah. Sure? No, sure. I like that. I like that analogy though. I think I'm going to use that in the future is you got to have the ball peen, not the sledge. Exactly. Yeah. They, bo- no, they, both, they both, they both will kill. It just depends on where you put it. So. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, Jim, I just, like, I think that's all I got for you. Um, all right. Is there anything I, you've got, I, I, parting comments? 
No, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to be on here and talking about PCPs. As you know, it's a passion for, with me, and I try to get as many people involved, especially shooters that are, you know, into firearms, to just take a look at them and stop making such a big joke. And once they, once they pull their trigger and they have that smile, they're hooked, you know. So, um, <laughs> you know, anybody can contact me on Facebook or any of those places and, and, you know, ask me questions if they want. But I do appreciate you guys having me on here, and you guys are doing a great job with, this podcast, you know, and um, I'm going to continue listening to the future stuff. So appreciate it. Well, hey, I Jim. appreciate the nice comments. Hey, Jim, uh, Cody no. here. Um, thank you very much for coming on. We will post links to your all your social media and our show notes. And uh, um, we just really appreciate you spent taking an hour out of your night and uh, sharing your knowledge with uh, with everyone. I just have a couple questions. Um, what yes, is sir? your more? What is your most valuable tool? My most valuable yeah, tool, as, as as far as physically, or, or I, I would say my brain, but that's I don't know if that's the right question. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I was doing. Like, like you know, what what would you what would you say is the, um, your most either your your favorite gun or your most valuable tool that you use to help with you utilizing your guns? Something. Yeah. Like well, so here's the thing. Now, and I've got a lot of people screaming at me. I got guys that, you know, I mean, literally screaming at me. So I went down from six rifles to two rifles and everybody's like, what? I can't believe you sold the gun, the gun that made, made your name. And I'm, I'm like, it's just a tool, you know? Um, so my favorite rifle right at this minute is, is definitely the Raws. Um, I've, sh I've had FX, like I said, I've had Daystate. I've had many of the high-end guns. That's all I buy is high-end guns nothing comes close i don't care yeah some guys have these fx impacts and they love them and they're great guns but i don't see them in the real world of hunting and harvesting and what i do that can hold up so my favorite gun is my hm 1000 um x and 22 caliber that thing is just a laser beam i'm talking you know like i said 290 yards with a pellet rifle putting on a bird that's not even 12 inches tall at 290 yards and putting it right in its crop, you know, I, that's amazing to me, you know? Excellent. Excellent. Thanks. And, uh, um, I just had, uh, one other thing, Jesse, um, you know, um, back to you, you may, uh, um, want to edit this a little bit, but, uh, um, going back to the tanks, um, one thing, uh, just a resource for the, uh, airport guys, um, every air or most airports, um, have a fire station there and some of them have their own fill stations there, which they can use, or they can swap out Scott tanks. Um, there's stuff on the market, um, now that, uh, can, can, uh, connect your Scott tank right to a PCP or, or fill from a Scott tank. And that's a resource that most airports have that could save them some money initially as far as purchasing a new scuba tank. So, um, that's just awesome. one thing I just want to add in there. So, yeah, we have one. Yeah. Um, it's usually on the rescues on the mm -hmm. rescue trucks. Yeah. And they usually have extras, and then they can just swap them out, or they have their own fill station right there. So it's it's yep. a I learned that because uh, we have a in upstate New York, and maybe in Arizona too. There's a shortage of scuba shops. Um, actually, there's a scuba shop like every like. There's actually a lot of scuba stores here. <laughs> Arizona is so, full of scuba shops, no doubt. That, that makes yeah, I got that no makes perfect sense. <laughs> Must be well, it's only five hours to the ocean. Bridge. 
We've got a lot of lakes here and a lot of divers, so it makes a lot of sense that people do do have scuba scuba stores here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a very popular. I think, I think half the folks I work with have at least a little bit of diving experience. It's it's actually a very popular pastime. Yeah. All that oceanfront property. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later. <laughs> well jim thank you so much for being on tonight i really appreciate it and, uh, i appreciate know. everything you guys done and i loved having you guys come out and train with me and work with me there and uh and so forth but uh you know it's it's great guys meeting guys like you that have like-minded and coachable and trainable that's what you have to be in this environment in order to learn stuff and i find a lot of people are not either one you have to be both you can't be one so you guys are definitely coachable, trainable. I've learned stuff from you guys by, you know, following, especially Jesse on his travels, you know, stuff like that. I've seen some some areas I'm like, wow, and stuff like that. But, you know, just watching you guys do what you guys did on a farm, I learned some stuff, too, that I helps me help teach you guys better also. So I do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, for sure, 100%. Yes, sir. Um, well, all right, Jim. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to cut this out. So I guess we just hit the one hour. Um, let's get this thing wrapped up and I'll let you go. Get out of your hair. Uh, maybe we can actually get some outdoor time before this storm actually hits tonight. Um, all right. I appreciate yeah. it, Jesse. Thanks very much for having me on. And any other time you feel like having another conversation on uh, PCPs and maybe some some more advanced stuff, let me know. I'd love to be back on. Oh, yeah, you'll be getting that phone call real soon. <laughs> All right, great. All Have right, a great well, night. Yeah, good night, everybody. Good night. See you later. Bye. Bye.